Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Now for our story. It was late afternoon of the day Peggy Douglas had been married to Bill Mead. The newlyweds had been presented with Lefty Larkin's surprise wedding present, his little house on the Lane property, newly decorated and furnished. After the keys had been turned over to the surprised young couple, Brandy had returned to his mother's house to find the guests beginning to leave. Lily Devon had given him a strange little smile as she said goodbye and left on the arm of David Bowman, who had offered to drive her home. When David slowed up in front of his own house, invited her in, the young woman accepted. Perhaps, she thought, it would help her get Randy off her mind. Now in the banker's comfortable living room. Ah, this was a good idea, David. I always get such a letdown feeling after a wedding. (laughs) I'm inclined to myself. Although they're usually happy occasions. And this one was the loveliest I've ever seen. Oh, sure. It was swell. Lefty coming down the aisle, (laughs) proud as he could be, with a bride on his arm. That was a moment he's been dreaming about for years. Ever since Peggy was a little girl. And yet I think he kind of hates to admit she's all grown up. Mm. Very likely he does, as most fathers do. He's certainly been like a real father to her. (sighs) Peggy's a lucky gal. As I've told her lots of times, having Lefty and Aunt Mary to raise her. Mm. And Randy, too. He's always been like a big brother to her. Yeah. (laughs) Randy's great in that big brother role. I think he prefers it to, well, any other relationship. Mm -hmm. What makes you say that, Lily? Oh, nothing. Let's skip it. (laughs) Don't mind me, David. I'm in one of my cynical moods. (laughs) Well, perhaps I'd better fix you a drink. As a cure for cynicism? (laughs) No. Just as a prelude to a very good dinner. Oh, but I'm not staying, David. I was here only a couple of nights ago. I'll wear out my welcome. That would be impossible. As I told you then, you're Sarah's favorite dinner guest. Here you are, my dear. Thanks. You're awfully good for me, David. You always build up my self-confidence. I'm glad. You certainly have a reason to believe in yourself. Oh, by the way, you were very lovely there in the church today. Thanks. I'm a great success as a bridesmaid. You'll be even greater success as a bride. Oh, no, David. I'm strictly the bridesmaid type. (laughs) There's that cynicism again. Lily, I've been anxious to talk to you for several days now. Oh? I was very much distressed the other evening when you were here. You mean when I broke out in floods of tears? I'm sorry. Lily, why don't you tell me about it? What's troubling you? We're close enough friends by now, aren't we? David, of course. But... but There's there's nothing to confide. That was silly of me to act that way. Well, I don't want to pester you about it, but... Usually, you're such a cheerful person. I do wish you'd talk it over with me. Well, it's just a kind of lonesome feeling I get sometimes. You were telling me about Randy and Kit how you hope they'll get married. Then I thought of Peggy and Bill. All of a sudden, it seemed as if I'm the only person in the world who hasn't something to look forward to, to dream about. But you have, Lily. Why, there's every reason for you to believe in yourself, in a happy future. Everybody's always trying to sell me that idea, David. But it doesn't hold water so far as I'm concerned. 
The way my life's worked out so far, every time I've tried to plan for something, it's, it's never happened. So there was nothing specific behind your bursting into tears the other day. Lily, forgive me for being blunt, but I believe you're deliberately evading me. You haven't told me the true reason you're unhappy. However, I'm pretty sure I know what it is. I was afraid I wouldn't be able to fool you. I've learned to know you pretty well, my dear. If I hadn't been so preoccupied with my own thoughts the other evening, I, I would have realized then and there what was in your mind. Today, during Peggy's wedding ceremony, it became very clear to me. I was watching you, Lily. <laughs> you were supposed to be watching the bride. I knew how Peggy felt. She was happy. But your face revealed so much to me. You were looking at Randy. Was I? <laughs> the trouble with me is I've, I've never learned to hide my feelings. A person can tell a mile off what I'm thinking. Mm, not everyone. Only a person who knows you, who's fond of you. Too bad it isn't fashionable to wear heavy black veils anymore. <laughs> You're in love with Randy, aren't you? All right. I am, David. But it won't do any good to talk about it. I can tell you one thing for sure. He's certainly not in love with me. If you're worried about Randy and Kit getting together, you can forget about me. I assure you, I'm no obstacle. Surely you don't think for a minute I'd, I'd allow any desires of my own to stand in the way of your happiness. Oh, I'm sorry. Of course I know you wouldn't. I, I didn't intend to sound nasty, David. Oh, what's the matter with me? I, I can't even behave like a decent human being anymore. You're all on edge. <laughs> I certainly am. This is what happens to people when they're in love. I'd rather skip love from now on. But the trouble is, I'm... I, I'm awake now. I, I don't want to skip it. You shouldn't. I'm a great deal older than you are, my dear, but... I remember very clearly all the pain one suffers. And yet, it's worth it. Do you really think so? Yes, I do. Even a frustrated love, one which isn't returned, can become an enrichment if one doesn't allow the bitterness to spoil it. That's the tough part, David. It's so hard to keep from being bitter. Well, you know, sometimes I'd like to take Randy by the shoulders and say, you've got to love me, you've got to. As if that would do any good. Especially now that he seems to be all wrapped up in your niece. If I'd known how you felt at the time, I never would have told you about Randy and Kit. Particularly since it was just idle talk. After all, there's nothing definite. Come in, Sarah. Oh, good evening, Mr. Vaughn. Hello, Sarah. I meant to be here when you got back from the wedding, Mr. Bowman, but I had to run out to the store for a minute. Hope it went off well. It was a very beautiful ceremony. Oh, that's good. Um, Mr. Bowman, a message came while you were out. Uh -huh. From the bank? Well, no. It was from the sanitarium. Oh? This Dr. Larrabee. Sarah, is my niece all right? Well, Mr. Bowman, I'm afraid... I mean, I... Well, what is it, Sarah? The doctor asked me to tell you that Miss Calvert has been indicted. He said Indicted? You... Oh, good Lord. 
Poor Kit. Oh, David, I, I'm awfully sorry. Is there anything I can do, Mr. Bowman? <laughs> I'm afraid there's nothing anyone can do, Sarah. Um, thank you. Yes, sir. Maybe there's some way, David. I mean, maybe they'll change their minds when they find out how ill Kit's been. No, Lily. No. They know all about that. And they've chosen to ignore her illness. I believe they even deny she has been. No, I'm afraid there's nothing to be done. This will mean Kit's being tried. Imprisoned. I was looking forward to... Now it looks as if there won't be much of a future for Kit, after all. Lily Devon was essentially a generous person. It was to her credit that her concern for David at that moment was far stronger than any personal desires. She hadn't yet stopped to think what effect Kit's indictment and possible imprisonment might have on Randy Lane or on Lily's own relationship with him. Knowing how troubled the banker was, her whole concern was to comfort him somehow. But David had said there was nothing anyone could do. Now that the machinery of the law was in motion, there was no way to stop it. 